Hello, everyone, and welcome to Waiting to be Signed, the show where we discuss the week's events in generative art. My name is Trinity, and I'm joined by Will. Before we get started, a quick disclaimer. We are here to talk about art, not just the aesthetics, but the money surrounding it, as the market is a key part of art on the blockchain. That said, nothing we say here should be taken as financial advice. It is for fun and conversation. You can follow us on Twitter at Waiting to Sign to keep up with our thoughts throughout the week, or for those who prefer visual language, on Instagram at Waiting to Be Signed. If you're feeling generous, we are always accepting donations, including tokens, at our Tez wallet address, WTBS.Tez, or our ETH address, WTBS.ETH. That said, the best way you can support the show is by becoming a patron via our Patreon at patreon.com slash waiting to be signed. And eventually, we have some theoretical FX text articles that'll come out. But in the meantime, Patreon is the way to go. Under promise and over deliver, Trinity. Don't keep saying you're going to do the articles. But do do them. That would be sick. They are great. They're a great resource. I got to get my notes up for the articles. Speaking of which. How was, uh, how was your week, Trinity? It was good. It was uh, a lot of recovery from the weekend's events with a one-year-old birthday party that involved three grandparents, 30 to 40 people, 80 plus hours of labor to prepare for the party. We had a regular old bake-off. We made swan-shaped pastries, shoe buns that were in the shape of swans, a couple of cakes, cupcakes, and then a very beautiful crudite platter that looked like a flower. Well-baked, Mary. Well-baked absolute handshake maybe not a handshake <laughs> we will not be doing nearly that level of effort for sana's second birthday <laughs> I, I promise you and we will we will definitely invite you guys out to that if you want to attract to jersey but no promises that it's going to be that much prep it's it's pretty bare bones out here if i don't get at least a signature bake will i'm not coming hmm. but i think i just sat in bed all day monday and just laid there and i did play some hearthstone for the first time in Ooh. feel like years. Wow. You must have been at the bottom of the rankings, right? You have to I would play Battlegrounds. Oh, okay. So, so you no okay, fun, fun. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, I'm glad you recovered. It was a big week in generative art. Uh, a lot of ups, a lot of downs, which we're gonna discuss, I think. But first we have a little bit of news to get to. We kind of alluded to it last week. The sketchbook A print edition on verse finally ended. It ended today. There were a few last minute scrambles uh, and it ended at 101 total claims, mints. I mean, can we call them mints? They're not going on the blockchain. They're just no. signed pieces that are on a website. They are purchases. Yeah. And can I say that I failed to claim mine? No. I've been thinking about it for weeks and then all of a sudden it was 1220 Eastern and I was like, oh shit. Oh I just had God. this page open and I just didn't pull the trigger and i'm an absolute idiot that's not as bad as missing your flight to miami but it's pretty close you're kind of on a roll right now this is a, this is a good end of 2023 reset into 2024 like 2024 trinity hits her due dates and her deadlines goes to the correct airport yeah goes to the correct airport claims her gifted william a pan mint that's too bad i guess you'll have to figure out what to do with that credit later i'm sorry to hear that though that's kind of a bummer yeah, maybe I'll throw out some offers, but it is nice to have the physical pieces. I know that you have a ton of physicals, but throughout the last 
two years collecting generative art, I have a hollow that was printed and then a plotter piece that was generously gifted mm -hmm. in the YYY seed. I don't need a flat file yet. I'm just no. delaying the inevitable. But I mean, what do you think about this 101? I mean, I, at one point, I feel like we were thinking that people might do like 500 to 1,000 of these. And it was, I don't know, what, what what's the word? Like not disappointing, not baffling. It was just kind of like weird to see uh, that people wouldn't go for it. But I guess it kind of shows the power of having the token in this community, right? In this collector base here. They really, really value that digital side of the collectible. Well, and I think it's not just the digital side, or maybe it is partly that, but it's the speculation side of sorts and that if you don't have the opportunity to have a market to resell it really seems that people aren't as interested and you know i think we see that as part of the overall cycle right that helps lead to some of these like bear market mechanics and like the trends that we've been seeing over the last year or so so i guess it's affirming in a way it was a really cool experiment to kind of see what would happen ultimately i don't think it panned out as per either of our main predictions. Yeah, I think we had not. that as a prediction, but it's not what we thought would happen. Yeah, we thought William was going to enter his hand signing these things. Uh, I mean, you know, they did introduce the seed marketplace near the end here. I think it only got up like two weeks ago, maybe not even, for you to take all your save seeds that you weren't going to print and shop them to other people. So perhaps if that had been available early on, I can imagine that would have been quite the bonanza during the token minting phase too, the ability to pick from potentially hundreds or thousands of seeds from people could have been a very interesting twist. So it's kind of, it's nice that they have that technology kind of now figured out for the next, I'm sure they're going to do several projects like this in 2024, yeah. right? So I don't know if you interacted with the seed marketplace other than to list things, but I actually was aggressively using it to help pick a mint that I ultimately ended up not claiming. Mm -hmm. And it is a really cool concept. However, it does run into a lot of issues around spam to a certain oh. extent. There are hundreds and hundreds to kind of go through. And then because it's a marketplace right now, there aren't any filters available. So it's just like mm. most recent to oldest. And, you know, it really doesn't help to run the gamut between like these seeds that are $10 versus the seeds that are $500. It becomes really, really hard to kind of work through. It, and I'm sure that filters will be introduced into the future. But it was interesting to see as time went on, the seeds that were being listed were getting listed for cheaper and cheaper and cheaper to the point where at the end you were seeing seeds being you know, listed for $5, which is really, from a buyer's perspective, incredibly acceptable. Listing the seeds is a Web2 thing. It costs you nothing to list them. It just costs you the click. That leads to people who might want to spam and do other kinds of like pseudo-malicious behaviors, flooding the market, um, ruining the experience for all the honest actors out there. I myself, like last week when we, I was waiting for you to join, I think I listed like 10, maybe 15 seeds that I had that were all candidates for prints that I ended up not redeeming. But I wasn't just like rolling and listing. I was going out of my curated from probably over a thousand outputs collection of seeds and listing those for like 50 bucks a piece. I didn't even bother to vary it. It was just like flat fee. Every, every one I listed was Did you sell bucks. any? I don't think so. Yeah. I mean, considering that, only 101 mints were claimed. I don't think many sold. I feel very iffy on the seed marketplace. I think it's interesting and it kind of encourages more people to roll more and thus it kind of increases the fervor around it. It's just hard to tell what sort of premium people will put on the seed marketplace, if any, or like 
on seeds because I think with Collector Curated, we're seeing people really like the seeds that they roll. It feels very personal. I almost would have preferred if they had done something more along the lines of what Dan Cat did with YYY seed, bringing that back and just being able to custom put in a seed. So if you have a seed that I really like, you can just share that seed or you could have the ability to put in a hash that is personal to a certain extent. I think that the marketplace part of it, it's a great way to capture ROI, but it feels unnecessary and I think overly complicated to a certain extent. Yeah, I think they need to build in some kind of like limit to keep people from spamming it or some kind of cost to list. So that way it really is only the best of the best. And I I get they're kind of trying to do the QQL thing. And I don't think it was necessarily technically the first to do it, but it's the one that I think everyone associates this with. And I know that some people have sold seeds there. So it also plays into like the memetics of the project and letting people Mm -hmm. like you and I who might've played with the algorithm a lot and didn't necessarily like buy them or claim them still have like a reason to generate and share on social media and get like the project out there into the zeitgeist. But this was just introduced so late into the life cycle of it. So I'm curious to see how they handle it for the next big sketchbook a style project next year. Yeah. I mean, we'll just have to see. I I think that quasi dragon studies with Harvey Rayner, I feel like the tile builder is obviously critical to like the success and like the meaning behind the work. But I think that between that and the seed marketplace, it feels not so serious, which can be good, but I just not quite sure if that falls in line with the verse like value proposition in the brand, because it's supposed to be an elevated place where art is being curated. It's the best of the best and really a way to bring trad art collectors into the sphere. And so I'm just not fully clear as if those are kind of in line with those values. Mm. And we'll dig more into what is the verse value proposition if and when we get Jamie on (laughs) again in 2024, which is our goal. I wonder what he would say about verse uh, compared to what he said at the beginning of this year. That's such a stellar year. Yeah. And I think this whole like prints and claiming right really plays into the the interview that we released today with collector Brie Pettis, someone who we didn't know too, too much about before we had him on. We just knew him from the sales feed and as someone who's an active member of Tender, and we knew that he was a part of MakerBot and was like doing stuff with plotting machines and all of that was like, okay, it could be an interesting interview that came out. People are loving it. If you haven't listened to it, please go check it out. And his whole thing is physicals, right? His whole thing is like, in a way, I feel like Bree would probably rather have the print only version than the tokenized version because from his point of view, it would be like, well... I trust myself to take care of the print for 50 years. I don't trust Ethereum to take care of itself for 50 years, right? So the print is the print. And if you care about the resale value in the near term, yeah, having the NFT matters. But if you care about the resale value 50 years from now, the NFT might be a lot less valuable than I think any of us hope or think, right? So having a signed print is kind of cool and having it or having a signed plotted piece, which is what Brie collects a lot. So what was your like, most wow what the heck is going on moment (laughs) of the interview trinity there were a lot but Um, what was yours i think it was just when brie dropped the bombshell about like the upcoming exhibit at the whitney featuring the generative ai work by some guy who is creating code-based art in the 70s and you know recreating like that via lost tapes or just not even tapes but the recreation of tapes that were based off of code that was written into notebooks. 
that was just absolutely wild and unexpected. Yeah. <laughs> How about you? Yeah, I mean, that was definitely huge. We were six minutes into the interview. We were already way off script from what we had prepared, just talking about this semi-recently deceased artist who was doing AI stuff in the 70s and 90s, being potentially the first artist to posthumously release new artwork like that, which is really cool because they were able to unearth his code and recreate some of the stuff. And then the uh, company that Bree is working at now, or I, we actually didn't ask him, like, is he a founder or owner? But the company that he's at now called Bantam is creating these plotting machines and they're going to be at the Whitney kind of just like live drawing these things as the AI produces. It's going to be so cool. I, I'm, we definitely need to align our calendars to go and hang out with him. I mean, for me, definitely hearing that Yip and Yap was his favorite <laughs> piece by Peter Pasma, because I think neither of us were super keen on that one. That was surprising, but he just loves plottable art. He loves SVG, so it's not surprising, right? Also, he got his start in puppetry. So, I mean, I think oh, that there seems to right. be a clear line between that particular work and puppetry. If there isn't, apologies. I don't mean to offend the, the puppeteering community. <laughs> All 20 but- of them. I thought that part was wild, to be honest, that like, <laughs> here, I'm a puppeteer, and then, oops, I accidentally sold a company for $400 million. Yeah, pretty sick. <laughs> yeah. Must be nice, as they say in the magic community. <laughs> Must be nice. Yeah. It was also cool to hear how much he hated ETH, even though we ourselves have covered ETH a lot, and I think have come around a lot to collecting on ETH, despite the price point this year. He was extremely anti-ETH in his own way, which was interesting to hear. You know, he called it the scammer chain. And as you noted here in the news today, you know, we had the Flamingo Dow hack last week on Twitter that we covered. And then this week we had the Artblocks Twitter hack. And I think there was actually- hack. Yeah. I think there was actually even another Twitter handle from another group that got hacked too, but I forgot what it was. So I don't know if there's a Twitter vulnerability or if just these hackers were kind of sitting on all of these credentials waiting for the market to heat up before they made their run. But it's dangerous out there again. <laughs> Scam chain. Is it Scam a bull chain. sign? Maybe. It might be. That's kind of it for news. I mean, obviously, 2.0 is fully out. FX hash, ETH integration. We've had a lot more art drop. That's kind of what I was hoping to talk to you about today in Topics and Trends. We had no new donations or patrons to mention. So should we just talk about what is going on with ETH and Tezos on FX hash? Let's do that. I, where do you want to start? You have this section down in our weekly projects labeled mispriced and stuck that I'm actually just going to pull up above it, higher up into the notes. So I noted down a bunch of projects and a lot of these projects for the most part we're hitting that price point that we were talking about for, I feel like, the last month or so, which is like if you're pricing yourself at 0.05 Ether less, you're setting yourself up for big disappointment because of gas, because there's a lot yes. of gas on ETH right now. We've known about it for a while. I feel like if you're an artist on an open platform getting ready to sell, then you should know that and factor it into your decision making. For example, we have how many of the, pro- I'm sure I've been missing projects here, but we had Dive by MCHX. Break Free by Nudaru, Structures of Silence by Architecture, Duet Preview by Andreas Rao, which was one of the thing, projects we were the most hyped on coming into 2.0. That one I have a different theory on, and okay. I, I don't know how closely you looked at it this week because I'm, I'm sure I you did. were pretty busy. A little but bit. These projects, and I'm not shouting these out or naming them to shame them or to say that they're not good projects. It's more about just the reality of putting a project on ETH 
and having gas be pretty close to the price of minting. You know, there were times where gas spiked up to the 0.03 range. So even if you were listing at 0.05 or 0.06, you're still asking a 50% tax on your, I hate to use this term, but on your customer, on your collector, just for the right to then pay you money. That tax, that gas doesn't go to you, the artist. I don't feel good about spending it. I don't know how you feel about it, Trinity, but I think if you're pricing at these levels, you have to ask yourself, why am I putting this project on ETH? And if the answer is, I believe in ETH, I would rather have my project on ETH, even if it's not collected at all, which is the case for a lot of these projects. They, a lot of them were barely collected, even though they're nice projects, you know, like Break Free from Nudaru. I think he worked on this off and on for about a year, only to have now almost a weekend 70 of 250 minted. And this could get minted over time, right? But this is not, yeah. I think, with the hype of ETH coming to FX hash, with the interest, I think the expectation for a lot of these artists participating in this launch week was that people were here with ETH ready going to mint. And these prices just, it just doesn't work. It just doesn't work. Like, I don't know, I'm going to open it up for you. I've been ranting. So you, what do you think? I mean, I think it's something that was really clear and there's a really big differential between, you know, what we saw with the early first days of FX Hash ETH release, where it was these partnered collections, the curated drops that were coming out. And for the most part, with a couple of exceptions, they did incredibly well. They all minted out. We will talk about some of them later on, but I think that maybe what we're seeing here is that in this particular market with these gas prices, which admittedly are going to be much lower than what they would be in a true bull market on ETH, like much lower, that the open concept doesn't seem to work. There needs to be a curation layer. There needs to be additional like conversation, additional hype, whatever it is, in order to make releasing art on ETH viable, if that makes sense. Like... I just think that the last week, and again, it's still early days, but between this and what we've seen on Prohibition, prognosis is not good. I think that FX Hash still is really smart to include ETH because you know, when you do have these larger releases that are being supported by entire organizations, whether it's Tender or Bitforms or whomever, you're getting the traction that you need in order to get people to mint. But if you're just a random person dropping on ETH, it's probably not going to work out for you so well, especially when it's back to back to back to back to back. You know, the, sh the show has not been this in a while because the market has been so down. And I think perhaps because we've been in this bear market for so long that it's easy to forget that at the end of the day, when people are minting your work, as much as we love to think in our in our uh, you know clear eyes blue hearts or what, what is it? how does it go clear eyes full hearts can't lose yeah as much as we want to think in our clear eyes and full hearts that everyone is minting just because they love the art and they cannot wait to get their iteration out of the algorithm that a lot of that crazy price growth and activity from early FX hash just because people minted because they thought there was value to be had and that's why we implemented Dutch auctions and all these other things because artists would come out. They would release a project way too cheaply. It would mint out in a block. People would gas like crazy. And all of a sudden the floor would be 10X or whatever over it, if not more. And so there is still like to us collectors who have been for, here for a long time, like, yes, like over this last year, we've been collecting art and we've collected art that we love. I feel like that when we talk next week about like themes of 2023, 
I feel like that's one of the biggest themes of 2023 that we missed was like, people are only going to collect what they really love and don't care to sell. But in this like new wave of ETH is here, excitement, like mint, 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 like come get my thing. If people don't see value or that value is being like massively diminished by the gas where it's like, okay, I minted for 0.03, the floor is 0.03, but it cost me 0.05 to mint. It's just an immediate and let feel alone list. Plus list. Yeah. So yeah. it's a really, really hard proposition. I think that that is just a thing that, you know, a lot of artists kind of establish themselves on Tezos, one Tezos, two Tezos, five Tezos, 10 Tezos, like building up that ladder, establishing themselves as an artist that you can mint. And at the very least, there will be some liquidity to buy your piece or like the floor. It's not going to be dramatically under what you minted it for. I feel like all of that resets with ETH now. So just because you sold a piece for 20 Tez doesn't mean that you can put it for 0.3 ETH, which by the way, would be like way over, you know, what you've ever minted it for. So I wrote a lot down here. Anything else that stands out to you, Trinity, is like being worth talking about that I'm not going to have to edit out later. I think the one point that I don't know if you really marked, you said in your rant, I think you alluded to it, it was like the people who are minting on FX hash, they have Tez. They don't necessarily have ETH. And I think that's, you know, indicative of both of our experiences this this past week or so, where I think we both came in with 0.3 ETH, but we are relatively Tez rich or at least have access to liquidity if we so wished. Right. And that might not be something that is true for the larger generative art collector base who are minting things on art blocks and what have you. It's not sustainable. Like I'm not going to go swapped Tez for ETH. You know, I'm not going to go swap USD for ETH right now. Like I'm just going to use what I have. The Tez to ETH ratio is at a historical all-time low right now. So you definitely don't want to don't be swapping to. <laughs> Tez to ETH. You're getting crushed if you're swapping Tez to ETH. So the best thing to do is to buy new ETH with your dollars. But here's the thing. Like one of the amazing things about Tezos and FX Hash has been that it's like an accessible thing for a global community who aren't necessarily trading in dollars or making US salaries. So this inclusion of ETH, I think is like, yes, it's great. It gives these artists an option to start pricing their work at those levels and potentially opening up more revenue than they could ever have gotten on Tezos. But there's the risk of now there's added cost. And oh, by the way, I think I put this in here. Yes. So I think it was Ella who asked if there will ever be a way for artists to defer payment of code uploads on ETH. So that way they can put their project up, start selling it and have the first X sales go towards paying those upload costs rather than fronting those costs themselves. And Cyphered personally responded and said, yes, we're working on it, which I think is an amazing feature, but it begs the question, what happens if someone does like what many of these artists did, prices their project incorrectly, and then it never actually pays for itself. Especially for these projects that we're seeing going on chain. And I would need to check uh, Discord to see how much it costs to put some of these projects on chain. I, I think it's you know hundreds or thousands of dollars, depending on the size of the project. We should check because I don't know what the onchfus onchfus like savings with the libraries being already uploaded mean. But that's a good question that we should ask. And if anyone in chat uploaded a project and knows, like let us know. I mean, in MCHX, uh, the project dive that you called out earlier, it's an on-chain project by an established artist who has had very successful drops elsewhere, including Highlight. Nine have been minted at 0.03. I find it very hard to imagine that the prices have been like recouped entirely unless OnChFS is actually that that efficient. Of my 0.3 ETH, I 
estimate, and I should go back and check this, that I spent about 0.1 of it in gas. Crazy. That sucks. That feels really bad because just minting these little 0.03, 0.05 things and paying almost equivalent costs in gas, like you're just killing your ETH. You're killing your stack minting this art and you want to mint it. Like there was so much more I wanted to mint and I couldn't mint because it was like, I mean, I missed the Peter Pasma mint because I miscalculated minting a couple of um, genomes by Cyphered. And then once the gas kicked, it put me just under 0.1 and I couldn't exercise my reserve. And then I tried to do it with a credit card and the credit card didn't work. And I missed block induce basically because of gas. The the accumulated, I spent probably more than a block induce mint in gas minting stuff before it came out. And that sucks. Yeah. I mean, I think I agree with you that this entire experience has really just affirmed that minting on Tez from a collector's perspective is just so much better. You know, sure, like when you get to the hype drops, you do have to worry about gas. But when people are complaining like, oh my gosh, gas was so high, somebody gassed 30 Tez on something, it's a completely different story. Like that's just what gas is on ETH. And this isn't meant to be like fudding ETH. Yeah, I think we should pull back and say like, that's not the point of this segment to say like, we don't like ETH. I think the point is to say that artists need to think more critically about like why they're putting it on ETH, what their expectations are, what they're trying to accomplish. And perhaps the expectation is, I don't care if this project takes a year to mint out, but that's going to take a lot of work because it's going to move down the project page, which means you're going to have to be putting a lot of your time in on socials, championing it and getting it out to the community and saying like, hey, gas is low now. If you didn't mint break free or your dive, like go get it right now. There's a good opportunity, but it's tough. I mean, engagement's really tough on Twitter these days on all social media, so... Or you to put a lot more work up front. But before we move into the other projects, do you want to talk about what we think happened with Duet? I have my own theory, but what do you think? Because we were both very excited for this one before we knew what it was. So what we thought it was, was a very cool generative art piece, of course, that potentially had an animated component and potentially had a sound component by Andreas Rao, who we absolutely love. Yes. What it is is a static piece that is from a live performance of something that is happening in Hong Kong. Did I get that right? I think there's more nuance to it. No, I think you got it mostly right. So it's we heard about this for the first time in, in that week before FX Hash 2.0 was going to launch before they delayed it. Andreas in that Twitter spaces had literally just come off that live performance in Hong Kong and was talking about it and how great it was. And so, yeah, I think the expectation was like, okay, so he just performed it live. We're releasing the token. Immediately your mind is connecting like, you know, he's best or like last known on FX hash for doing Toccata, right? So this is going to be another sick animated piece with generative sound. Just like, this is so exciting. And in the um, summary here, this is just like the first part of what's going to be potentially many tokens. Another big fail here is that, you know, his read more on Andreas Rao slash duet leads to a 404 not found. And so like the URL he included to learn about the project is completely dead. So you don't even really know what's going on with this piece. I think it was just an expectation mismatch of like how this piece was kind of talked about or they didn't expect, he didn't expectation set that this is just going to be these stills. And to me personally, the stills end up coming off very samey. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of... The Peter Pasma piece. Angry noise. 
Gonzian. Gonzian. It reminds me of Gonzian where it's really hard to pick out a lot of the fine details and differences, just kind of watching them line up. Like one and two look very similar because of the way the backgrounds line up. 18, 19 end up looking similar. 16, 17 look similar. And so I think that people kind of like looked at this and said it doesn't move. It doesn't have sound. And on top of that, I'm already seeing like things that look equivalent in the outputs and at point one ETH, it's just like, that's not cheap. That's over 200 bucks, you know? Yeah. And just thinking about equivalent, you know, mints on FX hash, trying to think of things that were in that $200 range. It's hard to think of some <laughs> off the top of my head, but they were very hyped pieces at the time. And I think that's something that has come up in discord as well in the last week is just about needing to be very cognizant of when you're releasing and what else is releasing at a similar time. So being prepared to delay because you need to be working at a time when there aren't competing releases, whether it's on FX hash art blocks or whatever, just because fatigue settles in much more quickly, especially in this market. I expect that if we were in a stronger crypto market overall, that we wouldn't be seeing this as much because there would be the ability for speculators to get in there would be more flipping, there would be the ability to sell higher, there would be more hype. There would just be a larger pool of people to buy things from overall and people who would like to participate in the market, whether it's the primary or the secondary. I just think it's a really tough value proposition right now. And I think we're seeing the hesitancy of like the greater ETH collecting community to mint things on a lark. Like, oh, this looks interesting. Oh, this looks cool. I'm going to go mint this. I don't know this artist, but this piece kind of speaks to me or it's like, I like it. I'm going to mint it. And I think we've seen this on other platforms, like most notably Prohibition, where at at one point they posted their volume and I was like doing the math in my head and it was like 70% of their volume was just from the uh, Snowfro piece. And then if you also looked at this other project that they put out that was like a PFP project where a thousand of them were minted by the person who released it, it was like almost all of their volume basically is like going to one project and no one's actually minting the other stuff on the platform that's like this open layer two, low friction, low cost like platform, right? So You're not even paying gas. You're not even really paying gas. Like the most gas you pay is bridging your ETH, which by the way, I also don't like and I complained about. But I think it just shows like the nature of collectors there, which is like if they do not know for a fact or like at least suspect that they're going to get a flip out of this on their timeline, they might look at the MCHX drop and go, that's cool, but I don't know what that is worth and I'm not going to mint it. And, and we've seen that on the flip side, the successful ones this week, which we'll get into, were like the tender release block induce all those tender releases minted out because there's a community here ready to go and willing to mint those pieces. And then the Artex code drops, Forma E. Orden by 1RG, and then today Snail Trails by Takawo. So that's like the cosign, that's the curation that's telling these people like, mint this, you might be able to flip it or at the very least your value is gonna be locked in, you've got potential in the future. And I don't know what that means. You know, I don't know what that means for like what do you what do you think it means? I don't even know how to like what how else to put it. Which is like th- there's people who just don't want to mint like cool art unless they know for a fact that they can get value later. I think that you know there are discords for these communities specifically. There's Twitter communities around these communities. There's more of an 
attracted audience. You have people who are being communicated about these releases over and over again for weeks or months leading into it. So you're just getting more traction that way. I think that my question is if I am Alba, who has been a curated site so far, and I'm looking at what's happening on FX Hash, I'm looking at what's happening on Prohibition, what are you thinking in terms of going from these curated online exhibitions to something that's more open? Do you stay the path or is it something where like, oh, you know, we're not the first movers and shakers in the space, but we're seeing what's happening elsewhere. Do you stay curated? That's what I want to know. What's the lesson learned? Speaking of all, but like they do have a curated show, Tiny Geometries out now. And I think just today, the very first project of that series minted out Tetra by Daniel Aguilar finally minted out. It took a couple days, ProtoZoo. So they are like getting success, but it's taking time, right? And they've been around for a minute, but others are not that close. The Raylan Arc only has 14 of 100 minted. And Zeno, which I love by Stranger in the Queue, and I did mint, by the way, only has 23 of 300 minted. So it is a tough sell right now. I don't know. I'm just thinking about, you know, generative art on Ethereum overall. And... Art blocks is still mostly thriving. Verse is still mostly mostly thriving, but also you know Verse has a very much a, a Web two component. So, do you need to be one of those platforms in order to succeed? Tonic is quite successful at selling out as well, but again, with much slower release structures, do you need to be more tapped in into that traditional art space or that legacy art space in order to thrive? This is my current thinking. And I don't know if this is going to be popular, and I don't know if I'll cut this out later. But my current thinking is, if you are an artist who has not released a successful project on Artblocks or Verse or Tonic, I don't know that you should be looking to put a project on Alba or FX Hash on Ethereum yet. If you are an artist who successfully released on Ethereum on a curated platform, look at Andreas as an example. And Andreas hasn't even actually had like a huge project on Verse. It only sold out at like $100 and he has not had a project on Artblock. So maybe he is actually a very good example of someone who's like very borderline here. And you're going to put a project on Ethereum on FX Hash. You better be like extremely confident that that project is going to over deliver or provide value in some way, which I think we didn't see clearly, right? People didn't see it here and that's why it didn't get minted. Um, I was doing napkin math on it and at 400 something pieces for duet, 480 pieces at 0.1 ETH, you're basically asking for over $100,000 of liquidity to go into that project to mint out. Like that's exceptional for FX hash. Like as a community, $100,000 is a huge ask and it's rare. So the project has to really be like elite, elite, elite. And I like this project. I'm not saying I dislike this project, but man, it's like, that's just a lot to ask, and yeah. it's hard to see a path to it minting out. Like just as a point of comparison, when Ethereal Microcosm minted out at the top tier of the Dutch auction, it was still only around thirty or forty thousand dollars, and that was one of the biggest paydays anybody had seen yet on yeah. Tezos. And that's on not saying that art on Tezos is devalued. I think it's making more of a statement that art on Ethereum might be overvalued because of the speculative nature of the chain, the DeFi nature of the chain. And that people who have been sitting there long enough are holding bags 
that they got in at very low opportunity cost way back when. And so Ethereum is less real in many respects. I plugged this podcast a lot. I'm going to plug it again via Unchained Podcast. Laura Shin had a guy on this week. He's definitely a Bitcoin maxi. He runs kind of like a Bitcoin fund. And the thing that he pointed out talking about other chains is like, people are hesitant to spend their tokens that they think are going to go up in value, which is why things like Ethereum and Bitcoin don't really work for payments because not only is the cost to transact them really high, but it's like, I don't want to spend my Ethereum on a coffee because I think that Ethereum might 5X in the next year. So why would I buy a coffee with Ethereum? I'll buy coffee with a dollar. And I think in a way, probably, you know, maybe there's a coefficient there that diminishes it, but there is some level of that thinking of like, I could spend that ETH on this art, but if I'm not like really confident that that art is going to outperform the Ethereum, then I'm just going to hold the Ethereum, especially when you start to factor in the cost of gas at a low price level. And just the overall price overall, the overall like price. in US Steverm. On the flip side, my Tezos, I'm more than happy to spend my Tezos on art because I have, I don't know what my expectation for Tezos is over the next year or two. I would love it's to see Tezos. It's also basically a stable coin. Sort of-ish. I mean, we would love for it to get back to a dollar and stay there. But I mean, I think we all hope and like feel like Tezos is great and it deserves to be higher. But I don't think anyone like outside of a few huge Tezos maxis really might have like a price target of like $5 plus, $10 plus or whatever they think Tezos will do. That's the thing. I don't care what the price of Tezos goes to as long as it doesn't go to zero. What I care about is the activity that's happening. But that's the difference, I I think, between spending mm -hmm. ETH and spending Tez, which is like, and there's a mental thing there of like, like I have more ETH that I could spend on art, but it's all on my ledger. And that's like my ETH for a house, right? <laughs> like I don't have a te- like ledger, like Tez on a ledger that's Tez for a house. I have ETH and Bitcoin on a ledger for a house. And so I think very carefully about spending it. And, and usually I don't, I just put in new fiat and buy new ETH if I'm going to spend it on art. So that's a very different dynamic too. Yeah, absolutely. I think this is the most that we've talked about the market for a really long time. But I, I think it needs to happen because this is the first time that we're really seeing ETH and Tez going head to head on the same platform. And just from a thought experiment perspective, and it's not even a thought experiment anymore, it's a real experiment. It's just crazy to see the things that we're actually seeing. And obviously we're still early. It's been two weeks. You know, we can't make any like hard conclusions from here. It's also in a bear market. But I think ultimately what we're seeing is that people are happy to collect on Tez lower prices, lower risk, also overall, not risk from a scam perspective, but there's a huge difference between spending $16, $17 on a mint and spending 100 which is pretty cheap for an ETH mint these days. The episode is from December 19th. It's called Why Swan CEO Corey Clipston is Still Convinced That Bitcoin Is Headed to a Million Dollars. I'm not endorsing those particular views, but I think that his particular point about willingness to spend and the viability of like coins as payment methods failing is important to consider here. I do actually want to give some flowers to the FX hash team this week though, for bucking the trend that they've had for the last two years and actually getting out there and tweeting proactively about drops. And they're like, Hey, neuters coming up. Hey, Quint- they were tweeting about Quentin Hokti today. Like they're picking drops and actually like publicizing them not like endorsing or really putting their thumbs too heavily on the scale, but they're like actually getting out there and letting people know with their significant follower base, hey, there's this piece that's out today, which they've really never done in the past, at least at this level. 
So I really appreciate that. And I think it's necessary for this eat thing to work. Like you need to get awareness out there. That's a big part of it. So good job. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Agreed. But again, you know, thinking back to like the ethos of an open platform, theoretically, that's not the FX hash social media team's job. They're there to provide a place for people to mint. Anything else is just gravy. I think it's going to be their job more because they need this ETH thing to work and they need eyes on ETH and they need to fill in for where artists are not, you know, a lot of these artists only have one, two, maybe 3,000 followers. And so when there's a count with like 10, 20,000 followers, you need that extra megaphone to make your tweets go and get your art out there. So I think that it's kind of like, you know, FX hash needs to collect fees to collect fees. They have to have artists mint out. They want to collect fees on ETH. And so they need to be talking about that art, even if it's in a neutral way, that's just like, Hey, this is available. Go look at it without an endorsement, like more of that. And, and they're doing that, which I, which I like. So more is more, more is more. Exactly. Speaking of more is more, I collected some more art this week. I, I hope that you did too. We'll investigate that. I did. I did get the credit card to work on the Casey Reese piece before it minted out the next day. I own There's No Distance number 84. I posted it to my gallery.so. It's amazing. I love this drop. It finally minted out. So sorry if you missed it. And I wanted to shout out as one of my favorites of the week, Deer Hunter by Rami Awad. Did you look at this one, Trinity? This one is so crazy. I clicked on it, but I was in a meeting, so I did not play the sound. Okay. I assume that there is sound because it's a Rami Awad piece. There is sound. It's like a very different take from Rami. You know, like a lot of his stuff tends to be very ambient and like soothing and flowy. And this one, I'd be interested to know if it, how generative the audio it is. It doesn't sound as generative to me or it sounds a little more like preset, but just like the visuals of this, the aesthetic, it's so funky. It's so weird. It's obviously playing a little bit on Christmas with the reindeer and stuff, but then you also get these like weird running guys and just every time you click it, it kind of reshuffles and changes the tempo and changes the animation. And for five Tez, like this was like a no brainer mint. I got a couple of these. They're super weird. They're super fun. And I like this new funky experimental direction from from Rami here it's just this was a really refreshing piece from him because I think sometimes with his stuff where it's very ambient the visuals can be kind of ambient too it's sometimes hard to like discern like what's different about this one versus the last one right and he's been hit or miss with his pieces his releases but this one this one's new this one's fresh and it's super weird (laughs) and also I think and just not critically, but it also was performative on the market. One of the things that brought this like back to mind again and again is it hitting the sales feed with like sales in the 40s, you know, just for mm. example. Awesome to see that. It has currently has a floor of 25 Tez, which is unthinkable in today's <laughs> market. It's a 5X? Uh, it's 5X. So. This is just a really, really fun, cool piece of art. And even if you don't own one or don't care to spend that amount on a floor piece, I would just say go open one up, click it, and play around. Just kind of, this is one of the better pre-rendered component drops we've seen in a while too. It, I, uh, I guess the deer and probably the guys and stuff he used in here for the animations are pre-rendered. So just putting that in my favorites before we move on to the top five. Did you have any favorites or pickups, or should we just do some of the big ones? Let's just go and hit some of the big ones. I didn't really pick anything up this week. 
other than some of the the drops that we'll talk about on the primary. Where are we going to go on then on these top projects here, Trinity? What did you collect? What do you want to talk about? Let's just start at the top with Block and Deuce by Peter Pasma, which was something that we talked a little bit about last week. You know, in collaboration with Tender, it continued the trend of, well, I guess this did not mint out with the reserves only. It did hit the Dutch auction and it ended up minting out at 0.13. So did you buy one in the pre-sale? I did buy one in the pre-sale. I'm not in love with my mint. It's very, uh, I guess, autumnal in colors. Lots of reds, oranges, greens. With It's quite busy. It's not one of the hyper clean ones that you see that just looks so awesome. Mm-hmm. I think someone posted one that looks like a swimming pool. And that is just absolutely rad. But it minted out on ETH. Which is pretty sick. I was honestly worried about this one because the other ones that... Because also, by the way, long-time listeners know that I'm constantly worried. So that shouldn't be a shock to anyone or a value judgment on the piece. Oh my gosh. I'm very worried. I'm very alarmed. But compared to the other tender drops that were priced similarly, you know, the biggest that we had done was 128. So the idea that we were going to now 4X that and go to 512 and still mint it out, I was like, oof, you know, if a lot of new ETH collectors come in, yeah, for sure. But like, if it's just the FX hash community, that's a lot of Tez and will it be there? And like you said, it did not mint out just to tenders. I think it did under 200 mints to tenders, but then the remainder got picked up and there were some ETH collectors who came in and minted multiples and not just like three or five, but like dozens of this. And there are some big Peter Pasma collectors out there that I wasn't certainly aware of, but it certainly makes sense. Especially after talking to Bree, <laughs> who's a huge Peter Pasma maxi. I'm not sure how many he collected personally, but this one minted out. It had secondary sales. Just on FX Hash alone, it has almost 32 ETH of secondary sales, which means royalties honored sales. Like that's really good. That's pretty sick, actually, to see that amount of volume coming through on FX Hash. What what number did you mint, by the way? I'm trying to look for yours. I minted number 137. Yeah, I think that one of the things that impacted Block and Juice on the secondary was that all the FX hash tokens got marked as spam on OpenSea right. uh, over the weekend. And that really did not help with any sort of forward momentum, as well as the fact that uh, ETH listings and ETH sales are still not going through the sales feed in Discord, which I think is a it's huge It's killing me. I hate bummer. that. Yeah. I think it's actually really impacting these projects way more than you might think, just because it's giving people less exposure to the mints through their normal social channels. I There's think no FOMO. Fixed. There's no you know, FOMO. You need that FOMO of like, oh my God, like these are going like, oh my, I need to go check the floor. Should I get one? Yeah. So that sales feed is like kind of critical and yeah. they need to get that fixed. I'm looking at yours. Yours really reminds me of like a Jan Litja, like buttons style. Buttons? It's busy. Yeah. Yeah. But it also has like a lot of those like shapes. It just feels like they're like shapes in a row. Very very buttons to me. Very yellow as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so not necessarily the cleanest, but it is what it is. Ultimately, the secondary market has cooled on this, which is something that we typically see over the of the week after something that releases the floor on FX hash is 0.124. The floor on OpenSea is 0.12. And we're seeing a lot of offers being accepted on uh, OpenSea around like mint or below mint. So it's just, we'll have to keep tracking these two different marketplaces for releases like this. 
But like at mint, below mint's not crazy. That's what a lot of art blocks drops in 2023 have done. They eventually get down to mint, if not immediately below. So it's like not necessarily bad. I mean, I think to me, like the thrilling thing is to see it not only mint out, but do like a very respectable amount of volume in, in terms of dollars. So yeah, I'm sad I missed it. Yeah, I'm sorry that you missed it as well. If you want to buy mine, you can totally buy mine for mint plus gas. I'm making that offer publicly right now. <laughs> um, I think it's just kind of uh, a little bit of a bummer when you're sitting on, and now I'm sitting on virtually zero, Ethan, I know that you are as well. Mm-hmm. Just in the fact that the ability to potentially sell, you know, that window was missed partially due to the sales suite being down as well as OpenSea being down for the FX hash drops. So I was really relying on being able to flip this or Paradigm in order to continue <laughs> my ETH collecting. And so I mm-hmm. think we're, we're tapped out. It's just going to be credit card from here on out. We'll see. Not in this market. I mean, yeah, I know. But I did I, I did it, collect a little bit more. I didn't collect this one. I don't know what else. I mean, we obviously, this one we were super hyped for. I think this is amazing. I do have my preferences for pieces from this series i especially love the ones that get more of that like metallic glean to them and the the play of light and really nice shadows and i do like some of the more minimal ones that have those like big kind of swimming pool-ish effects like you said i love this project came to fx hash i could totally have seen this one also crushing it as a collector curated on verse like not even close right but not everything needs to be collector curated like as much as that's popular, I also just like love the fact I that love this long just form. like a no standard long form, seven kilobytes of code. Like what you get is what you get. Like just be impressed, you know, and stop trying to get your perfect mint. So I super respect and love the way this one was released. And I was literally like jamming my credit card trying to mint it before I had to get out the door. And unfortunately, it minted out before I got back and could try again. So I would have gladly blind minted this one. Well, there's some very nice ones sitting at around mint price, um, if you so choose. But I think the other thing that this this brought to mind was Sculpture or Sculpture, um, Mm -hmm. which has seen offers being accepted in the 0.3 range. So that just also makes that that project very interesting, especially when this was trading at around 0.2, 0.3. I mean, I feel like this one has more like print wall potential than sculpture. I think sculpture is special for being an earlier art blocks project and like for what it is, but like from a like oh, I think sculpture wall, is way more I think it's way more special than this. But I also but from live a wall in the, perspective, trendy. I live in the web design world where skeuomorphism was huge 2017, 2018. You could not get away from it. Or this is new morphism, I suppose. Okay. I remember when Apple made the announcement and there was just all the examples of like hypermodern interfaces and this is very much that. And so I've seen a lot of this in my day-to-day job, which makes it very cool. But I think that Sculpture has a little bit of something extra Hmm. that makes it just kind of pop. I would gladly trade one of these for one of those. All right. Well, maybe someday I'll make that trade. Another super interesting one from this week, and I wonder what your take on it is, is Forma E. Orden by RG. This was the first of three RX code drops in the platform and is a hundred pieces. It was a Dutch auction that started at one ETH. It went down to 0.1 ETH. It slowly minted out over maybe six or so hours at the 0.1 range. It was a rebate auction too. So anyone who minted earlier got a little bit of ETH back. 
when we had the Twitter spaces with him, he only briefly spoke just to kind of thank Tony and Sophia and didn't say too much about the project. So kind of up to us to interpret and evaluate. But what do you, I don't know how closely you looked at it, Trendy, but what do you think of this one? Man, I did not know that this was coming out so soon. And I completely missed it until somebody was talking about their mints. And I was like, oh, damn, I absolutely miss this. It's such a shame. It is so fun. It's so whimsical. It kind of reminds me of Theater Goers, which had a huge moment back in May or April 2022. Uh, it was like the same day or week that Hollow came out. I was in Amsterdam, which is why it's really sticks out in my mind. This one is just so weird and i kind of like on the one hand i'm like i've never seen anything like it and then at the same time it's kind of like but is it image comp you you know what i mean it's kind of it's not image comp it's not labeled image comp but it kind of feels like someone's like image comp project but then there's like the colors and the shadows and like the weird distortions and then there's the you know the interactivity which for me obviously is a take it or leave it so this was my second shot at like trying to get a flip on ETH. And I was trying to do the buy one, get one on this. I minted two of them and it's only a hundred. And like, this is a relatively well-known, especially on ETH kind of hyped artist. It's a pretty distinct piece. I can't think of any comps in the market. So I'm like, you know what? Point one, that's too cheap for this. I'm going to try to sell one. And my, I haven't sold it. Fingers crossed though. But I'm trying to free roll on this. I have I have a two by two piece listed at 0.3 ETH right now. Well, I have my fingers crossed for you. High second sales 0.25, floor of 0.6. You have a while to go. Well, my saving grace is at the 0.25 sale. I think was also a two by two. So I think it's kind of a desirable piece. That more minimal, like just four mm-hmm. guys. I flipped through this book twice now, and I'm not seeing it. But there was this artist who was exhibited at LACMA in the in the coded exhibit who had all of these little coded army men and they were displayed in a grid all in different like rotations and poses. And this piece really reminded me of that too because it was like the repetition of a very simple guy but like done in different ways and also like a commentary on the time. And I feel like in a way... This one is a commentary too on perhaps how much sitting we do or observing. I'm trying to find it on Google. But yeah, this one is is wild. And <laughs> just going back to the piece itself, it's super cool. I get the hype. It's one of those pieces where I don't even know how to evaluate it along like the typical like rubric that I think we've kind of settled into for thinking about generative art because I've just never seen anything like it. Just like super intrigued by it. And I think the fact that I don't, really get it or that it makes me keep looking is telling yeah i do still hope to sell one to cover but if i don't i'm sure that you know or i will hope that there will be a market for these down the line do you agree with me on the theater goers vibes i do i i totally understand that connection yeah i think there's like something to like the discipline and structure and also like the use of color here like Theater goers, I love for what it is. This feel something about this just feels so like it's like very pop art in many respects. I just love how much as simple as the pieces feel, like how you can find little details, even when two of the guys seem to be almost copy paste. They're actually not. You can find little nuances in the shadow and the angles. 
and then you can like observe the chairs behind them and the one that I'm keeping, the one that I really like, number 33, is a five by five. And I just love how the default view of it, the shadows behind the chairs don't line up. And so now it creates this like extra layer of thing to look at and kind of occupy the eyes as you kind of scan across like each row and column. And I feel like that too, like that rotational aspect, like it really harkens to a lot of that classic 60s era generative art where it was really just yeah. like studies studies of cubes and this one's slightly rotated and this one's slightly drawn differently and it's just there's something about it that feels really modern and there's something about it that feels really it's really retro to me like you know going back to 60s the generative art you know it's also makes me think of like title cards or like opening credits in movies from the 60s you know like a very specific style of like animation it just really strikes me like that too. Dirtis just popped into the chat to say that the piece that I was thinking of is called Random War by Charles Surrey, C-S-U-R-I. And this is exactly the piece that I was thinking of. If you want to Google that yourself, Trinity, or I can drop you. Mm-hmm. Oh, Kate Voss Gallery has a <laughs> blog about him. So there you go. Definitely in mind. So thank you for that one, Dirtis. You saved my butt there let's talk about the next one because this episode's already gone pretty long verse had a huge week this week with izanami islands i think it's their second or third drop with richard nadler at least they've have a ton of work with richard nadler i think it's their fourth they own his ass right now and you know we we know him for his collabs with lander herzog the richter expired pieces on fx hash but he also does all of this. Um, I, I think this is AI stuff. Is that right, Trinity? Yes, I don't actually it is know. AI stuff. All of his work on Verse has been AI and continual evolution of like this, his fascination with Japan. And you can see a lot of that in this artist curated body of work buildings. It is like the, the, the wave. waves. <laughs> yeah. But within the style that is so quintessentially Richard Nadler. Yeah, he's really big on bringing in these like other materials. You know, we see a lot of his uses of like colored rope or wool or whatever to construct the image. But then there's some others too here that feel a little different from what I'm familiar with that kind of have like more of a paper craft vibe or even like this one that I'm looking at right now, number 26, feels very digital actually. Like it feels like it almost had been a code-based piece the way that it kind of plays out it's a little glitchy only 128 pieces and at auction it went for almost three thousand dollars a piece i think these were randomly distributed to the people who minted that's huge (laughs) that's a really big day another really big day for verse at the beginning of the year right let's think back to like how kind of almost skeptical we were of the model like who's going to collect there like who even knows about this like, relatively you know, little like secondary action but yeah why would you collect here if you can't flip well the quality yeah quality they're very regularly printing these hundred thousand dollar plus sales paydays for artists and they've definitely figured it out so all the more <laughs> fuel for the fire for our next conversation with jamie is like what is the sauce here how do they cultivate this group of collectors who's willing to put this money in without necessarily a six-month or even six hour window to flipping. It's just that you have an audience who is willing to own and willing to buy and hold or doesn't care about the market, you know, at least not on the short to medium term. And 
you know, honestly, I'm right now I'm just going back and looking at one of Nadler's previous works, which is Yamabushi's Horizons, which I think is my favorite piece of his on verse. Very similar themes, very similar style. Whatever his AI style is, he has it really locked in. He has it nailed and clearly something that really resonates with people. Do we know how he does it? Is he just purely prompting or is he doing something where he's like creating art images or like feeding things back through? Like I'd be curious to know what he's doing. The latter where he's, you know, generating images to then continue to train his own models on images that have been generated. And so I think it's just generations upon generations of work. I would need to like look through some of the things to really validate that, but that's my understanding based off of some of the project descriptions that have come out in the past. Very cool. So yeah, those were kind of the top projects this week. In the interest of rounding out the episode, we have a few shout outs here. I mean, we could have probably put this one up in the top because it did actually, it did mint out today. Snail Trail by Takawo, which is the other Art Xcode piece. Yeah, I saw it come out earlier today. It's only 50 editions, which I think really helps it get to that mint out point. I believe it's also on chain for those people who care. It got down to the bottom tier of the auction. It started at an ETH. It went all the way down to 0.05 and still took a few hours to mint out even at 50. This one, I did not personally mint. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. It's, I don't know too much about this artist. I know that they had a following and some acclaim outside of FX Hash. Obviously, it's their first time coming here. But this one didn't really click with me. I wasn't really sure what to understand about it. There's not too too much of a description to help me understand what's going on here. So it kind of felt a little plain to me. I don't know. Is that fair? What do you what do you think? I would need to look at the whole collection and sit with it a little bit longer. Right now my internet is punking out because my internet is a punk. This is something that I would love to have seen on Tezos. You know, the outputs, I think they look pretty rad. Some of these, like even just number one, I actually really love, like just the gradients. I love gradients and like the way it kind of tears and drips. Yeah, that's the one element of a, I do like. I think that there's, it's very tasteful in its use of color. It does feel more refined in that sense, but then I kind of can't get around the relative simplicity of it beyond that. That's kind of where I get hung up. The orig- origin was as part of a daily coding sketch and t- trying to sell that for up to 1 ETH. It doesn't resonate. Like I'm not quite sure if like the snail was backed into a la Kim Ossendorf. Kim Ossendorf backed into a snail? <laughs> I don't you know, where you, you, you create the work and then you're like, oh, what is this? Right, what right, is the story okay. is this telling versus the initial intentionality? So I think I'm just struggling on like, the asking price versus artistic intent in terms of this particular piece. Don't get me wrong. There are parts of it that I really enjoy. I think it's just kind of completing, like connecting all the dots. We talked about this in the section that we cut last time, but it's kind of like, I'm kind of like over or done with the idea of an artist who's kind of established, just giving us a sketch and FX hash and saying, mint it. Like I, I'm kind of over that sentiment from artists who are a little more established. Like It needs to be more than that. And I think we kind of see it too with like the fact that it was only 50, like 50 to me seems like a concession to it not being a finished project more than it being like, oh, I want to keep it scarce. So that kind of annoys me. And I'm extremely worried for the 
one that's dropping tomorrow. I think that one has a very good shot of not minting out at all. I don't know if you looked at it. I did not. It's a Le Bouquet by Linda Dunia. Mm. It starts at one ETH. It goes down to 0.2. You can't even flip it. It's not available to even look at, but they minted four of them. And I have a really hard time imagining this project getting many takers at 0.2 ETH resting price. I'm flipping through it now by changing the hash, which is the old way of looking through previews. I don't think there's a lot of surprise to be had here. I largely agree. I don't want us to be fighting ETH drops. That's the thing, because it, it feels weird. I mean, I think the upside is, right, like with Takawa, with RG, like people showed up, they minted them. Even if we didn't love the Takawa necessarily, ETH collectors still came and minted it. And a lot of ETH collectors minted the Wan RG too. And another project that I wanted to shout out this week, which is a really cool project from artists I had not known called Casey Dilla, Daydream. And this one got minted out at 0.5 ETH, largely because of some ETH collectors who talked about it, most notably Vincent Van Doe, VVD, who minted a couple of them and tweeted it and got, you know, people to come over and mint it. This piece is actually super cool even though the thumbnails might look a little... A little simplistic. A little simplistic. It actually animates, but it animates at such an incredibly slow pace that at first I thought it wasn't animating at all. It kept doing that thing to my eyes where I was like, wait, did that part like just move a little bit? And like, wait, is it kind of shrinking? But you can't quite tell because like, you know, sometimes when you look at a lot of this art and some of it can have this optical kind of effect where you think Mm -hmm. it's kind of moving, but it's not. But then it kind of hits that point, that threshold where you're like, oh no, it is moving. And then you can see too that it has a play pause function if you double click or hit space. And I really appreciated like the slow movement of it. And um, this one I thought was a really interesting success case of an artist that was able to hit that critical mass through social media, you know, through a big collector kind of championing it. Plus perhaps they're more well-known outside of FX hash. I, I don't know who really who they are. I, I didn't have a lot of time to look into them, but. I did think it was a legitimately cool collection. It was awesome that they put it on FX hash on ETH and that it minted out and it has some very big collectors holding it. So to me, that's a super cool success case, right? Yeah. Awesome shout out. Totally awesome shout out. So thank you for that. So last one, we already mentioned it. I wanted to shout out Zeno by Stranger in the Queue, an artist we both love. This one's up on Alba. I think this is just a very sick shader project. (laughs) It's so wild. It animates as well. I decided to mint one. I think it's really rad. It's kind of stalling right now. It's at 23 mints, 0.035 ETH to mint. I just want to shout it out because we both loved amulets. You know, we're fans yeah, of, we of have Stranger. Multiple. The animation is so subtle. Like, I think that's the other thing. Just opening some of them up. It's just a very cool project. Unfortunately, the volatile moves hasn't dropped till tomorrow. So we don't know how that one's going to do. <laughs> I guess we'll see. I'm excited for that one. I think that Twitter, like just kind of nosediving is really hurting the generative art space. I think so. Between that and sales feeds not being in Discord, just like socials just going down. Just bummed about it. If you don't have any other shout outs, I actually did have one more last minute one to throw out there. A last minute shout out. Let's go. Shout out to Fractured Landscapes by Quentin Hochti. Released on Tez on chain. 
14 test mint, 256 editions, only 31 minted so far. It came out today. I think this piece is actually really cool. It's two lines animated against each other that are constantly redrawing a kind of topographic landscape. It can be exported as an SVG. So Brie Pettis, you are on notice to either mint some or buy them on the secondary so you can plot these. But I think this is just a really clever way to do a project like this by putting this constraint of like only two lines and having them constantly like do this back and forth of like parts of the, the terrain will diminish, parts of them will expand. There's something really pleasing and interesting about this project to me. And at 14 Tez, I think it's worth a look. Carpe Diem's actually already gotten a couple of these. Yeah, this is really cool. Really excellent shout out. Amazing animation, as you said. And, you know, I think that if this were in a, like, a bigger market, like, I think it would be absolutely exploding. I think 14 is, quote unquote, a lot (laughs) to (laughs) ask on the primary today without people piling on. But this is very cool. But we're talking the artist behind Sienna, the artist behind Medusa, you know, the Roma, artist behind Leo. Roma, Octopus Galaxy. These are OG. Meditation, by the way, that Galaxy bought so many of and was going crazy over. Quentin's been around the block. Yeah. He's made so much cool stuff on FX Hash. Chris Wallace put out his list of here are blue chip and blue chip adjacent projects back when the market, primary market closed down, you know, (laughs) every eight hours. It was Sienna and Rio that were in Spore that were on that like blue chip adjacent list. And I remember having those queued up, ready to go to slam the mint button when the primary market opened up every day. Maybe that's what FX hash needs to go back to. Is having <laughs> open eight hour windows. windows? Oh, yeah. Boy. Let's do that. I think that, no. <laughs> yes. I think that the, if, I think that works when you're already having so much volume that like you need to turn it off. But when you're struggling to get projects minted, I don't think that works. I don't think you want to be turning away people because they arbitrarily can't mint at the time. Oh, but it makes it special. True. It was fun. I think it's worth shouting out some of the projects that are still available that we kind of talked about. Strandedness by Lokmi, Break Free by Nudaru, Structures of Silence by Gang Architecture, Die by MCHX, Oniric Places by Pixel Shard. All cool. All on ETH. If you can stomach the gas, go check these out. We were not talking shit about the projects. We were just kind of talking shit about the market dynamics more than anything here. Anything you're looking forward to, Trinity, looking ahead? We have a White Cross coming up. Real estate, TBD. Okay. I think he said he December might be 27. waiting. That one, Dre, looks fantastic. Tectonica coming on the 31st of January, so that's way, way out. I mean, I did see some in FX Hash chat. I saw artists saying, oh, the market's dead now. Delay your drops. I mean, I think the reason we had the segment up front was to kind of at least offer our opinion that delaying the drop is not going to fix it if you're trying to sell it at 0.03, 0.04. And competing with gas, I don't think that the market is bad. We've seen other drops mint out. I think it's more just about like the price you think you can get relative to gas, and that being the biggest factor. Yeah, I don't know that moving your drop out two weeks is going to help if you are still trying to mint it out for 0.03. I mean, I think one shout out that I'll have is um, Body Landscapes by Carrie Ann Chim Chim. 
which was originally supposed to come out early December. It's been delayed until well, it opens up in 14 hours. So okay. before this episode is released, uh, she has an amazing FX text article just around you know, what it means. Her primary medium is dance. And so really bringing in the body as a medium into generative art, I think that it's it's pretty cool and something that people have been talking about a little bit in Discord in women in gen art. So I would like to shout that out as a looking ahead. This one is a little scary to me. Yeah, as it should be. It's just unsettling. More projects like this that are just like weird and break your expectations for generative art for sure. Yeah. We talked about the other Alba drop coming up from Vault to Moods that we've been looking forward to for a long time. But yeah, let's wrap this one up. It's been really long. Any good holiday plans, Trinity? You're we have hanging at home. Zero plans. Zero. Sick. We don't even know what we're going to do on Christmas Day. What about you? My mom is coming. We're kind of hosting Christmas here rather than making the whole trick to trek to Pennsylvania. And it's kind of actually makes sense because, like, we're the most central because, like, my brother's in Boston, my sister's in Connecticut. So instead of having everyone go all the way out to the maximally west point of Pittsburgh, everyone is going to converge on us in the somewhat central point of New York or Jersey City. New Jersey. Are they staying with you or? Sort of, yeah. So we're actually, our neighbors are going away. And so we have a second apartment available to us. And so to save some money, we're going to be putting some people up in their place and just kind of like spreading it out because we don't quite have enough space to support four extra people here. So that's kind of the plan, but it's going to be short. You know, it's not going to be a week long thing. Makes it special a little bit. You need special things in life. I made a clarified cocktail. Do you know about these? Uh, no. Okay. So this is like a TikTok thing. I somehow got on cocktail TikTok. And obviously you can make a cocktail and you can batch a cocktail. But if you want your cocktail to be like extra cool, and also I think it somehow preserves it longer or keeps the flavor longer, you make your whole cocktail and then you dump in some whole milk. And let it curdle for a couple hours or overnight. And then you strain it. And so it will clarify it. It'll take out a lot of the color. That's kind of a cool effect. You can do like a clarified old fashioned and then it'll be like really clear instead of really dark brown. Right. You can do something like that. But then it also adds a little bit of body to it, adds a little bit of roundness to the flavor supposedly. And then you can put it into a bottle and put it in the fridge and it'll just like keep for a really long time. Something about that process of curdling it. And so I made almost two liters of clarified margarita using blue curacao. So it has this nice like pale blue. It's like very translucent, but this nice pale blue color. And then you just like pour it over a big ice cube and you just have this like weird blue margarita. It's it's fun. I think it's you really lost cool. me at curdled milk, to be honest. But you cur- you you strain it out. Okay, so it's like okay. the cheese curds, right? Does it right? impact You're... like the flavor? Not at all. Not at all. Huh. The solids, the, the milk curdles, and it creates these big solids of milk. And so it doesn't pass through. You strain it through a cheesecloth or through a paper towel. And all that comes through is like clear liquid. That's it. It's great. Big recommend. It's easy to do. All right. We're not big cocktail people, but we could always give it a shot. You know, something to do over Christmas. It works well with like tiki drinks. You know, where you're mixing a bunch of different rums and fruit juices and stuff, and then it gets cloudy from the fruit juices. And so then you clarify it and it makes it like nice and clear. 
but you still get the flavor of the juices and that's what you're going for. All right. Well, ship me a link. <laughs> I will. And, uh, I'll, send you, I'll send you a TikTok. All right. Send Claire a TikTok. I'll send Claire a TikTok. Yeah. It's pretty fun. And this episode, I guess, will come out on Christmas Day. You can maybe take I Monday off. I think it's going to come out on Christmas on Day. Maybe we'll release it on Tuesday. De- depends on how quickly I can get the edit done. But yeah, who's going to listen to it on Christmas? I don't know. All right. Well, Trinity, enjoy your holiday. You too, Will. Enjoy thank hosting you, people. Thank you. Yeah, it's going to be a challenge, but it. we'll get through it. Yeah, crush we'll, it. We'll crush it. We'll crush it. And I hope that you get a good chance to collect some stuff. I hope you get a little bit of Ethereum for Christmas. We'll see. Some Ethereum left in your stocking. <laughs> Is Tezos the coal? If you get Tezos, that's like Santa leaving you a lump of coal. And if you get Ethereum, it's like <laughs> you've well, been a good girl. how much Tez. Yeah, right. That's right? true. I would take equivalent amounts of Tez over ETH any day in terms of USD. Think of how much art you could buy. Yeah. So cool. much. So to shout out our patrons who have donated at the $25 and above level. Thank you very much. We have Melissa Wiederact, Nat Emoti, Verse, FX Hash, Dan Cat, Dirtus, EGS5000, Jerez, Michael Anthony, Mike G, Operating System, Otoro, Abstractment, Ralgo, Roxanne, Sean Yost, and Tender. Thank you for your continued support. We'd love to see it. That's it for this episode. Let's wrap it up. I hope you all enjoyed. We'll be back again soon in the new year. Or, I think oh, for releasing it. Or next week. For releasing it. We'll be back again next week, which will be the new year for you with our year-end episode, which we have to connect on and figure out and plan. It's going to be great. See you all then. Bye.